Srila Prabhupada has also said that it's not possible for us to understand Srimati Radharani with the relationship between Radha and Krishna in our material conditioned state. But we have statements from the Goswamis. This is an important thing to know because we can think. It has been done over and over in India by lots of groups to get all emotional thinking that they are relating to Krishna. Or we, we do that. We have a tendency to do that. We have our material emotions. We are influenced by the modes of nature. But the relationship between Radha and Krishna is something so far above that. And to understand it requires that a person is above all the material modes, above all material designations. They're completely gone above that. Then you can understand what is, you know, actually going on there. It's kind of like seeing of an example, like uh, tasting honey, you know. If somebody wants, what does honey taste like? You can read about it, and uh, you may think you, somebody can tell you, describe it. You may think, yes, I understand, but actually you'll never understand until you actually taste it. So tasting this, what actually Srimati Radharani is in her relationship, that why she actually exists as this expansion from Krishna is kind of like, it has to be understood through experience and devotional service. <clears throat> so, first I'll read a nice description by Krishnadas Kavirash Goswami in chapter 4 of Adi Lila. of her body. It's two verses. My dear Krishna is speaking. The chapter is called Confidential Reasons for the Lord's Appearance. And Krishna is, is, uh, has a long monologue here and saying many things about um, Radharani. He says, my dear auspicious Radharani, your body is the source of all beauty. Your red lips are softer than the sense of immortal sweetness. Your face bears the aroma of a lotus flower. Your sweet words defeat the vibrations of the cuckoo. And your limbs are cooler than the pulp of sandalwood. All my transcendental senses are overwhelmed in ecstatic pleasure by tasting you who are completely decorated by beautiful qualities. This is actually, these are statements written by Rupa Goswami. Rupa Goswami was taught by Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was right in Krishna combined, so he, he has the information authorized. This is not speculated. <laughs> We're not something caught up, dreamed up out of our emotion. Okay, this is the other verse here. Her eyes are enchanted by the beauty of Lord Krishna, the enemy of Kamsa. 
Her body thrills in pleasure at his touch. Her ears are always attracted to his sweet voice. Her nostrils are enchanted by his fragrance, and her tongue hankers for the nectar of his soft lips. She hangs down her lotus-like face, exercising self-control only by pretense. But she cannot help showing the external signs of her spontaneous love for Lord Krishna. Now, in the beginning of Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's a series of about 15 verses which, you know, states uh, some basic things about who Lord Chaitanya is, who Lord Nityananda is, and how this relates to Krishna himself and the spiritual world who has desires for different things, many different things. One is to enjoy himself and the other is to help us who are, you know, drowning in <laughs> suffering in this world, at least me, <laughs> not you. But. So I was going to read texts 4, 5, and 6. These first 15 verses are really Important, important about the first six are really good to memorize, actually. I haven't done that. I memorized the first two. <laughs> this is four, five, and six. And it relates to um, you know, the understanding of Srimati Radharam. So it starts, May the Supreme Lord, who is known as the son of Srimati Sachideva, Shachi Devi, be transcendentally situated in the innermost chambers of your heart. Krishnadas Kaviraj is saying. Resplendent with the radiance of molten gold, he has appeared in the age of Kali by his causeless mercy to bestow what no incarnation has ever offered before, the most sublime and radiant metal of devotional service, the metal of conjugal love. Text 5, the loving affairs of Sri Radha and Krishna are transcendental manifestations of the Lord's internal pleasure-giving potency. Although Radha and Krishna are one in their identity, they, they separated themselves eternally. Now these two transcendental identities have again united in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. I bow down to him who has manifested himself with a cinema and complexion of Srimati Radharani, although he is Krishna himself. And in text 6, desiring to understand the glory of Radharani's love, the wonderful qualities in him that she alone relishes through her love, and the happiness she feels when she realizes the sweetness of his love, the Supreme Lord Hari, richly endowed with her emotions, appeared from the womb of Srimati Shachi Devi as the moon appeared from the ocean. <coughs> this sound sounds system does have a <coughs> some echo or something about the quality of it. It's kind of distracting, but what can we do? I don't know, they, they played with it yesterday.
Zero gave class, he knew how to adjust it, so it was great. Yeah. Oh well. So there's many nice statements in chapter 4 of Adilila <coughs> about Radharani and can start with chap with uh, text number. <coughs> Excuse me, chapter 4 is called The Confidential Reasons for the Lord's Appearance. Text number 44. <coughs> start with that. It says if we compare the sentiments in an impartial mood, actually he's already said that there's four kinds of devotees who are receptacles of four kinds of mellows and love of God, namely servitude, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal love. But if we compare the sentiments in an impartial mood, we find that the conjugal sentiment is superior to all others in sweetness. Increasing love is experienced in various tastes, one above the other. But that love, which is the highest taste in the gradual succession of desire, manifests itself in the form of conjugal love. Well, that helped a lot. <laughs> Thank you. If somebody's hot, turn it, on, turn it back on. It doesn't. Okay, but. Increasing love is experienced in various tastes, one above the other. That love, which has the highest tastes, in the gradual succession of desire, manifests itself in the form of conjugal love. That's from Bhakti Rasamrita to Sindhu by Rupa Goswami. Therefore, I call it Madhurya Ras. Who knows what Madhurya? Yeah. Very good. It has two further divisions, namely wedded and unwedded love. Anybody know the names of those? Swakya and Parakya. Swakya and Parakya. There is a great intent, great increase of mellow in the unwedded conjugal mood. Which one of the two is that? Parakya. Parakya. Such love is found nowhere but in Vraj. <coughs> Vraj. This mood is unbounded in the damsels of Raj, but among them it finds its perfection in Sri Radha. This mood is unbounded in the damsels of Raj. It finds its perfection in Sri Radha. Her pure, mature love surpasses that of all others. I really appreciate that word mature in there because and pure also. Pure and mature. Because when you study all these things, you, you realize that uh, there's so many ideas that we can get in our head as we're progressing in devotional service about our own level of devotion. And, you know, sometimes we just really think, that, oh, now I'm a pure devotee. But actually, <laughs> then later on, we may find out, well, I'm not so pure as I thought. I just distributed 200 books today. You know, I'm pure about You just get so fired up. But maturity and love, that, that culminates in Shumati Radharani, and this is something like I was saying, above modes of nature, above um, all of our conditioning, material designations that we, you know, are laboring under, suffering under. 
Her pure mature love surpasses that of all others. Her love is the cause of Lord Krishna's tasting the sweetness of the conjugal relationship. Therefore, Lord Garanga, who is Sri Hari himself, accepts the sentiments of Radha and thus fulfills his own desires. Lord Krishna desired to taste the limitless nectarian mellows of the love of one of his multitude of loving damsels, Sri Radha. And so he assumed the form of Lord Chaitanya. He has tasted that love while hiding his own dark complexion with her effulgent yellow color. May that Lord Chaitanya confer upon us his grace. To accept ecstatic love is the main reason he appeared and reestablished the religious system for this age. I shall now explain that reason. Everyone, please listen. The loving affairs of Sri Radha and Krishna are transcendental manifestations of the Lord's internal potent, internal pleasure-giving potency. Although Radha and Krishna are one in their identity, they separate themselves eternally. I know we've already heard that once. <laughs> now these two transcendental identities have again united in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya. I bow down to him. That's a repeat of the, um, the fifth verse there. First chapter, Adhya. Radha and Krishna are one and the same, but they have assumed two bodies. Thus they enjoy each other, tasting the mellows of love. In the purport, Srila Prabhupada says, the two transcendentalists, Radha and Krishna, are a puzzle to materialists. The above description of Radha and Krishna from a diary of Srila Swarup Damodar Goswami is a condensed explanation. But one needs great spiritual insight to understand the mystery of these two personalities. I was listening to a lecture a little bit of Radhanath Swami. He said, this is the deepest misery, ah, misery. <laughs> the relationship between, and the love between Radha and Krishna is the deepest mystery in the vast treasure house of Vedas. Deepest misery. <laughs> Sorry about that. Mm. Sri Krishna is the potent factor and Srimati Radharani is the internal potency. According to Vedanta philosophy, there is no difference between the potent and the potency. They are identical. We cannot differentiate between one and the other any more than we can separate fire from heat. Everything in the Absolute is inconceivable in relative existence. Therefore, in relative cognizance, it is very difficult to assimilate this truth of the oneness between potent and impotency. The philosophy of inconceivable oneness and difference propounded by Lord Chaitanya is the only source of understanding for such intricacies of transcendence. In fact, Radharani is the internal potency of Sri Krishna, and she eternally intensifies the pleasure of Sri Krishna. Impersonalists cannot understand this without the help of a Mahabhagavat devotee. The very name Radha suggests that Srimad Radharani is eternally the topmost mistress of the, com of the comforts of Sri Krishna. I was wondering if that was a misspelling of consorts of Sri Krishna, but it says com comforts. She is eternally the topmost mistress of the comforts of Sri Krishna. So it can make sense either way. As such, she is the medium of transmitting the, the living entity's service to Sri Krishna. Devotees in Vrindavan therefore seek the mercy of Srimati Radharani 
in order to be recognized as loving servitors of Sri Krishna. There's verses also, maybe many of them, at least one of them that I wanted to read if I have time, about how the, the dust from the lotus feet of a pure body is, is uh, that one cannot understand Krishna or the loving relationships of Krishna without taking the dust of them. And in fact, if one does not take that dust on his head, he is like, does anybody remember? There's a statement in the second canto. It's kind of so pretty severe sounding. A dead body? Is it like a dead body? Yes. Although living. See, I wanted to read some of these statements in, in Chaitanya Charitamrita. So I'll try to go through those. And, and also, uh, the other place that Radharani is discussed is in teachings of Lord Chaitanya, because there's a, an air, a section in there where Ramananda Rai is speaking with Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya says, Ramananda Rai is, there's no one more knowledgeable in the science of Radha and Krishna than Ramananda Rai, which is really interesting since he's a governor of the state and he comes from a Shudra background. Ramananda Rai is uh, amazing. I was just hearing the pastime where he's bathing. I don't want to get into that. They might throw somebody off. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> He's teaching, <laughs> but he is so so advanced that he's not agitated at all by anything material. Let's just put it that way. That's kind of a summary, and he's deep into the most materially, you know, provoking situation in this one part of one pastime in Chaitanya Charitamrita. And then, what else did I have? Let me see. Yeah, so I think that's it. So continuing on with some of these statements. CC here. Sri Radha Takarani is the embodiment of Mahabhava. She is the repository of all good qualities and the crest jewel among all the lovely consorts of Lord Krishna. Of these two gopis, Radharani and Chandravati, this is from, these are statements that are pulled out of uh, a work by Rupa Goswami called Ujvala Nilamani. Of these two gopis, Radharani and Chandravani, Srimati Radharani is superior in all respects. She is the embodiment of Mahabhava, and she surpasses all in good qualities. Her mind, senses, and body are steeped in love for Krishna. She is Krishna's own energy and she helps him in his pastimes. In the purport. Yeah. I'm in the, you know, Adi Leo chapter 4, text 71. There's a, some purport here to that verse. Um, the last paragraph says, Sri Krishna cannot enjoy anything that is internally different from him. Therefore, Radha and Sri Krishna are identical. The Sundanese portion of Sri Krishna's internal potency 
has manifested the all-attractive form of Sri Krishna. The same internal potency in the Haladini feature has presented Srimati Radharani, who is the attraction for the all-attractive. <coughs> no one can match Srimati Radharani Radha in the transcendental pastimes of Sri Krishna. I worship Govinda, the primeval Lord, who resides in his own realm, Goloka, with Radha. This is what we read this morning, I think. Brahma Samhita 537. That maybe, how does that go? Ananda Chin, Chinmaya Dibhavatas. Govinda, the primeval Lord, who resides in his own realm, Goloka, with Radha, who resembles his own spiritual figure and who embodies the ecstatic potency. What's that name again for ecstatic potency? Ladini. Ladini. Their companions are her confidants, her confidants, who embody extensions of her bodily form and who are imbued and permeated permeated with ever-blissful spiritual rasa. Now please listen to how Lord Krishna's consorts helped him taste rasa and how they helped in his pastimes. The beloved consorts of Lord Krishna are three kinds, the goddesses of fortune, the queens, and the milkmaids of Vraja, who are the foremost of all. These consorts all proceed from Radhika. Just as the fountainhead Lord Krishna is the cause of all incarnations, so Sri Radha is the cause of all these consorts. What were the three kinds of consorts? Goddesses of fortune, and the, uh, what is it? the queens. The queens. <laughs> and, the, and the milkmaids. The milkmaids of Raja, yeah. The goddesses of fortune are partial manifestations of Srimati Radhika, and the queens are reflections of her image. Mm. The goddesses of fortune are her plenary portions, and they display the forms of Vaibhava Vilas. The queens are of the nature of her Vaibhava Prakash. Yeah. Sorry, I can't explain those two. Used to, I've read about that, but Vaibhava, Vilas, and Prakash. Well, Vilas, They're two different expansions. Vilas is pastimes. Vilas. Prakash mm -hmm. is like um, expansions. Like just like stamped. They're all identical, something like that. Yeah, I think. No? I love stamp. Vilas. Yeah, I forgot now. The Raj Devis have diverse bodily features. They are her expansions and are the instruments for expanding rasa. Without many consorts, there is not much exaltation in rasa. Therefore, there are many manifestations of Srimati Radharani to assist in the Lord's pastimes. Among them are various groups of consorts in Vraja who have varieties of sentiments and mellows. They help Lord Krishna taste all the sweetness of the rasa, rasa dance and other pastimes. Radha is the one who gives pleasure to Govinda, and she is also the enchantress of Govinda. 
She is the be-all and end-all of Govinda and the crest jewel of all his consorts. The transcendental goddess Srimati Radharani is a direct counterpart of Lord Sri Krishna. She is the central figure for all the goddesses of fortune. She possesses all the attractiveness to attract the all-attractive personality of Godhead. She is the primeval internal potency of the Lord. Her worship, Aradhana, word for worship, Aradhana, contains the name Radha. The name Radha comes from that word. It's probably in here. Oh, it's right here. Therefore, the Puranas call her Radhika. Jyotas Prabhu has the honor of driving Radhika to her various appointments in transcendental, in transcendental bliss. Yeah, Who knows what <laughs> austerities and um, what is it? Anyway. Punya Punya. Punya. The Prabhu has performed in the past to get such service. The name Radha is derived from the root word Aradhana, which means worship. The personality who excels all in worshiping Krishna may therefore be called Radhika, the greatest servitor. Truly, the personality of God has been worshipped by her. Therefore, Lord Govinda, being pleased, has brought her to a lonely spot, leaving us all behind. That's from the 10th canto, Srimad Bhagavatam. Therefore, Radha is Parma Devata, the Supreme Goddess. She is worshipable for everyone. She is the protectress of all, and she is the mother of the entire universe. straight through these. Um, some of them mention Srimati Radharani more specifically. Um, all the desires of Lord Krishna rest in Srimati Radharani. Srimati Radhika fulfills all the desires of Lord Krishna. This is the meaning of Sarvakanti. That's in some Bengali verses here. Um, Lord Krishna enchants the world, but Sri Radha enchants even him. Therefore, she is the supreme goddess of all. Sri Radha is the full power, and Lord Krishna is the possessor of full power. The two are not different, as evidenced by the revealed scriptures. I like to think about that. Nityananda Prabhu, the president of the... I've said this before, but I'm reminding myself. Nityananda Prabhu was here from Dallas giving a Sunday feast lecture and was teaching us how to concentrate in our japa and he said you know you say these four statements as you're chanting mantras the first one is oh my dear Lord's energy or oh Srimati Radharani and then you, you say a mantra for once as you're thinking that and then you say it again you say oh my dear all, all attractive personality of Godhead oh all attractive personality of Godhead third mantra you say what's the next one oh all 
reservoir of all pleasure. And in the fourth mantra you say, please accept me, please accept me, or please engage me in your service. So this uh, statement here, Srimati Radhika, um, she is the full power. Sri Radha is the full power, and Lord Krishna is the perfect possessor of full power. The two are not different as evidenced by the revealed scriptures. And um, to promulgate, 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 Prema Bhakti, Krishna appeared as Sri Krishna Chaitanya with the mood and complexion of Sri Radha. Um, I think I was supposed to skip over to 120. You know, that was all by way of unpacking the fifth verse that you read. Yeah. Earlier. Amazing. Um, you skipped a couple of verses that are really important because when we hear that they're inseparable, they're non different, you might think they're the same in all respects. But it's one Say it again, I'm sorry. It's one and different. Uh -huh. Because, and then Kaviraj Goswami gives the example. They are indeed the same, but how are they the same? Just as musk and its scent are inseparable, or as fire and heat are non-different. But still, fire and heat are different. And they're, they're different and non-different. They're inconceivably simultaneously one and different. Yeah. So you have to always remember that, mm -hmm. or else you fall into an impersonal trap. That's right, that's why Lord Chaitanya's philosophy there is so perfect. Um, Lord Madhusudan, I enjoyed his youth with pastimes on autumn nights in the midst of the jewel-like milkmaids. Thus he dispelled all the misfortunes of the world. It's a verse from Vishnu Purana. Lord Krishna made Srimati Radharani close her eyes in shame before her friends by his words relating their amorous activities on the previous night. Then he showed the highest limit of cleverness in drawing pictures of dolphins in various playful sports on her breasts. In this way, Lord Hari made his youth successful by performing pastimes in the bushes with Sri Radha and her friends. This is a verse from Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu of Sri Rupa Goswami. O Purnamasi. Who is Purnamasi? Anyone know? Radharani's mother or grandmother? Is she? I didn't know that. I've heard that Tulsi Devi orchestrates the pastimes. I've also said this Purnamasi is the, really the, the deity in Vrindavan that is responsible for all that, somehow or another. There's some temple with a, a deity form of Purnamasi. And it's, yeah, she's it's Yoga Maya. She's Yoga <clears throat> hmm. 
Even though Lord Krishna, the abode of all mellows, had previously in this way chewed the essence of the mellows of love, still he, is unable, he was unable to fulfill three desires, although he made efforts to taste them. I shall explain his first desire. Krishna says, I am the primary cause of all rustles. I am the full spiritual truth and am made of full joy. But the love of Srimati Radharani drives me mad. <laughs> I do not know the strength of Radha's love with which she always overwhelms me. The love of Radhika is my teacher and I am her dancing pupil. Her prema makes me dance various novel dances. Oh, my beloved friend Vrinda, where are you coming from? I'm coming from the feet of Sri Hari. Where is he? In the forest on the bank of Radha Kund. What is he doing there? He is learning dancing. Who is his master? The answer is your image, Radha, revealing itself in every tree and creeper in every direction is roaming like a skillful dancer, making him dance behind. That's from Govinda Lilamrita of Krishnadas Kaviraj. And Lord Krishna says, whatever pleasure I get from tasting my love for Srimati Radharani, she tastes 10 million times more than me by her love. Just as I am the abode of all mutually contradictory characteristics, so Radha's love is always full of similar contradictions. Radha's love is all-pervading, leaving no room for expansion, but still it is expanding constantly. There is certainly nothing greater than her love, but her love is devoid of pride. That is a sign of its greatness. Nothing is purer than her love, but its behavior is always perverse and crooked. Now, there's no explanation to that, and I can't. I don't have any comment on that. If somebody does, they can give it. Nothing is purer than her love, but its behavior is always perverse and crooked. So, anybody want to say something about that? Oh, Georgie. Yeah, the, the, uh, the pastimes and the exchange of love around Krishna are full of intrigue and contrary emotions. And this the characteristic of transcendental love. It's not just some kind of like static oneness. Mm -hmm. But it's full of many twists and turns. And there are many negotiations and counter-negotiations. And there are many counter, contra and opposing emotions, favorableness and unfavorableness. It's a very complicated, deep subject matter. Yeah. Plus it's, lo it's lawless, it's right. parakia, so it's beyond any convention or what's considered pr proper, you know, it's, it's completely wild. Crooked. I was thinking of that pastime where Krishna decides that he's going to fool the gopis and he sits in his Narayan form for him. Or on form. I don't know if that's crooked or perverse, but but he he wants to tease Radharani. You know, she's looking. They're looking for him. He she's looking for him, as I remember the story. And so he presents himself that way as Narayan, and they are not. 
you know, they're respectful, but they're not so interested. They want to know where Krishna is. And then Radharani comes and she also wants to know. And it's, it's an example. There's a lesson in that that he can't. Her love is so powerful. And her, you know, sacrifice that she always makes, I suppose you could say, this is the way I understand it, that he can't, he can't do something that doesn't, it makes her unhappy. So he's unable to stay in that form in front of her. She forces him to appear back in his form as Krishna somehow or another. That's not a great explanation, but something like that. So like you said, there, there are these twists and turns, and I suppose that's the way we evoke the high emotions by, you know, doing things in a little, you know, in an extraordinary way or not in unexpected ways. Um, nothing is purer than her love, but its behavior is always perverse and crooked. Sri Radhika is the highest abode of that love, and I am its only object. I feel like I'm just going through, sometimes repeating a lot of the same statements. Well, Kaviraj Goswami does that. Yeah. He keeps yeah, he does. Back to these. He's going over and over. But in different ways, you know. He says, although Radha's love is pure like a mirror, its purity increases at every moment. There is constant competition between my sweetness and the mirror of Radha's love. They both go on increasing, but neither knows defeat. My sweetness is always newer and newer. Devotees taste it according to their own respective love. If I see my sweetness in a mirror, I am tempted to taste it, but nevertheless I cannot. If I deliberate on the way to taste it, I find that I hanker for the position of Radhika. In chapter 3, text number 23, about um, receiving the dust of the feet of the Lord's pure devotee, because there's so many nice comments in the purport for us as devotees. What's the verse? Canto 2, chapter 3, text translation of that verse is the person who has not at any time received the dust of the feet of the Lord's pure devotee upon his head is certainly a dead body. And the person who has never experienced the aroma of the Tulsi leaves from the lotus feet of the Lord is also a dead body, although breathing. Srila Prabhupada says, according to Srila Vishwanath Chakrabarti Thakur, the breathing dead body is a ghost. When a man dies, he is called dead, but when he again appears in a subtle form not visible to our present vision, and yet acts, such a dead body is called a ghost. 
Ghosts are always very bad elements, always creating a fearful situation for others. Similarly, similarly, the ghosts like non-devotees who have no respect for pure devotees, nor for the Vishnu deity in the temples, create a fearful situation for the devotees at all times. The Lord never accepts any offering by such impure ghosts. There is a common saying that one should first love the dog of the beloved before one shows any loving sentiments for the beloved. The stage of pure devotion is attained by sincerely serving a pure devotee of the Lord. The first condition of devotional service to the Lord is therefore to be a servant of a pure devotee. And this condition is fulfilled by the statement reception of the dust of the lotus feet of a pure devotee who has also served another pure devotee. That is the way of pure disciplic succession or devotional parampara. And then Sri Prabhupada refers to another similar statement. In the fifth canto, Maharaj Rahugana inquired from the great saint Jadubharat as to how he had attained such a liberated stage of a Paramahansa. And in answer, the great saint replied as follows. O King Rahugana, the perfectional stage of devotional service or the Paramahansa stage of life cannot be attained unless one is blessed by the dust of the feet of great devotees. It is never attained by tapasya, austerity, the Vedic worshipping process, acceptance of the renounced order of life, the discharge of duties of household life, the chanting of Vedic hymns, or the performance of penances in the hot sun, within cold water or before the blazing fire. In other words, Lord Krishna, this is coming back to Sri Mati Radharani. In other words, Lord Sri Krishna is the property of his pure, unconditional devotees. Devotees. And as such, only the devotees can deliver Krishna to another devotee. Krishna is never obtainable directly. Lord Chaitanya therefore designated himself as Gopi Bhartu Padakamalayor Dasanudasa, or the most obedient servant of the servants of the Lord who maintains the gopi damsels at Vrindavan. The pure devotee therefore never approaches the Lord directly, but tries to please the servant of the Lord's servants. Thus the Lord becomes pleased, and only then can the devotee relish the taste of the tulsi leaves stuck to his lotus feet. In the Brahma Sangita it is said that the Lord is never to be found by becoming a great scholar of Vedic literatures, but he is very easily approachable through his pure devotee. What's that one? How's it start? I do it anyway. Yeah, thank you. The Lord is never to be found by becoming a great scholar of Vedic literature, but he is very easily approachable through his pure devotee. In Vrindavan, all the pure devotees pray for the mercy of Srimati Radharani, the pleasure potency of Lord Krishna. Shrimati Radharani is a tender-hearted, feminine counterpart of the Supreme Whole, resembling the perfectional stage of the worldly, feminine nature. Therefore, the mercy of Radharani is available very readily to the sincere devotees. And once she recommends such a devotee to Lord Krishna, the Lord at once accepts the devotee's admittance into his association. The conclusion is, therefore, that one should be more serious about seeking the mercy of the devotee than that of the Lord directly. 
and by doing one's doing so by the goodwill of the devotee, the natural attraction for the service of the Lord will be revived. So that's an important, important philosophy there. And does anybody have any comments? I brought these two other things. One is a transcript of a lecture that she will probably get. It's 20 minutes long. We don't have time for that. Also teachings from Lord Chaitanya's statements of Raman Andurai, which is fairly long. <clears throat> so it's 8.55. Anybody have any comments? Improvements? Corrections? Yours? Uh, Bhagavad Gita, the Ramadan is referred to the Mahatmanas, the Mamparta, the Aizen Prakashimashita, the great soul state shelter of the internal potency of the Lord, mm -hmm. the internal potency of Radharani, the Aizen Prakashimashita. How's the rest of that verse go? Mahatmanas, the Mamparta, the Aizen Prakashimashita. That's good. So the great devotees are undeviatingly engaged in bhajan and worship of Krishna because they know Jatva Bhutta Dhamakyam, they know Krishna's transcendental nature. The supreme potency has taken shelter by the run. Rising brother. Mahatmanas to Mahaparta, chapter 9, text 13. Those who are not deluded, the great souls, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service because they know me as the Supreme Person of God, original and inexhaustible. Um, let's see. You say it, it mentions Radha in here? No, not that purport. Oh, just that. I'm not sure I was reading. Uh, I should have brought that. Taking shelter of the internal potency. Which is mm -hmm. Thank you. Anyone else? <coughs> statements anybody can think of that, are, that you got from this? What's his name? Vaisheshka probably, he likes to do that at the end of his talk. Right. So what do we learn from them? <laughs> Who can say? And they always have answers. They're used to doing Well, I, I can say something. In the yogi community, we all just see um, Radharani and Govinda. It's a very high form of twin flame love. Twin flame, yeah. So I can't explain that right now, but that's what we that's see. What they meditate on. Huh? They meditate on that. Sometimes. No, we don't meditate on it, but I mean, there's many couples that are twin flames, and it is a very high form of tantric yogic. That's what we see it as. It's it's not a regular relationship. 
definitely not. That's a yeah, sure, we'll probably get a whole talk on on how you know it's dangerous to to try to but we do that. That's why and so many even the you know, older this kind of devotees have painted pictures of Radha and Krishna and they so many of them are so mundane looking, you know, Krishna's got muscles and they're these kind of Hollywood looking people. Sure probably this is all nonsense, you know. Krishna doesn't lift weights or muscles or <laughs> He doesn't look like a what do you make him look like a uh, meat eating woman hunter or something. Krishna's a milk drinker. He has soft features, you know. He's a round face. And a little belly. Yeah, a little belly. <laughs> so, um, and Srila Prabhupada was pointing out how these great personalities will forget everything in the material world, like uh, Siddhartha, who became the Buddha. You know, he was a prince. He had all these, you know, things that are available in the the Oriental palaces, you could say, dancing women, beautiful women, entertaining the king, the prince, and all constantly. And he left all that to go and meditate, to try to understand something beyond material pleasure. And what they get from that meditation is Brahman, the pleasure of Brahman, the, the impersonal feature. But Krishna is Param Brahman. And if he wants to enjoy something, you can imagine, you know, what is he trying to enjoy? He must be wanting to enjoy something that's way beyond all this, even the pleasure of Brahman, impersonal pleasure. So, this is, you know, we really make a mistake when we try to understand it by, in any way by our experience of love in this world, which is naturally what we're going to do. That's why it's necessary to purify ourselves by the process, using a long process of doing sadhana bhakti under a, a devotee who tells us, you know, so anyway, it's another discussion maybe, but it's important to daily follow a process, not to just assume that, I kind of understand because I've had this emotion too in my life, you know. It's dangerous for all of us to like that. Well, thanks. I don't know.